Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29 says, Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Fellow Marketplace Christians, stop apologizing and start winning. Welcome to the Success Edge, the show that helps you take your walk as a Marketplace Christian to the next level. Here's your host, Christian entrepreneur, Tyler McCart. So what's going on, Success Edge? Listen to Tyler McCart coming at you. Episode 167. Very excited to be able to do this episode with you guys. I'm on a walk right now, and I'll probably be on this walk for the next 20, 30 minutes with you guys. Um, my two, uh, two kids of mine are actually at gymnastics practice, and so dad decides instead of just sitting there on my, you know, on my, on my butt <laughs> the whole entire time um, doing nothing, I said, you know what, I'm going to go take a walk, um, record a podcast, and uh, talk to you guys, and then I'll go back in and catch the last 30 minutes of their gymnastics stuff. So very excited to be able to talk to you guys, and I really want to talk to you about a topic that um, that I've really had some breakthrough with, okay? And, you know, I guess I would probably say God's not angry with you, okay? God's not angry with you. And the whole reason I say this is because this is, unfortunately, there's a, there's, there's a predominant teaching in the church, or at least how I was brought up, that God was, you know, if you'd screwed up, God was out to get you, okay? And I want to read a scripture, which is Proverbs 19, verse 12. It says, the king's wrath is like the roaring of a lion. But his favor is like the dew on the grass. Now you might say, Tyler, what in the world does that have to do with anything? Well, <clears throat> let me tell you a story. All right. Let me tell you a story. And, and then I'm going to tell you um, kind of what I'll bring all this together. So story time, boys and girls. So Mr. McCart here, I'll take you back to whenever I was a senior in college. So I had, I was having, you know, prob- I was having a breakout year in my collegiate athletics. I just was, um, you know, I was, I was performing at a, such a high level. Um, you know, I was, I mean, me and the Lord, you know, I, I had a, a mentor in my life, uh, you know, Dr. Ed Cerny, who you've uh, heard on the podcast before. I had him in my life. I had, I was taking a day, a full day of rest on Sunday. I mean, I was literally going down. I remember going down to the beach almost every Sunday. And this was my normal routine. Every Sunday, I would not do homework. I made sure I didn't do any homework during Sunday. I go to church, go take a nap. I would, um, after my nap, after church, go take a nap about an hour or so, then go down to the beach. And I was go down to 40, like 42nd Avenue North in Myrtle Beach. And there really wasn't any hotels in that area, just big, beautiful houses. And I'd go sit on that area for like hour, two hours and journal. I would sit there and read. I mean, it was awesome. (laughs) 
I mean, me, me and the Lord were just, you know, I mean, it was just a great, great time in my life uh, when I go back and think about that, that season. And then after that, uh, after getting into doing that, and that Sunday, I'd go over to the $2 movie theater <laughs> and catch, catch a $2 movie. For a college student, that was great. <laughs> so that's what I would do. And during that senior year, during my track and field time, I mean, I was, I was definitely, I was performing at such a high level. I mean, I was competing in track and field meets where that I would either win the track meet, and this is Division One, all right. And in track and field, at you know, in the United States, Division One is is definitely the top level, and, and you know, not like football where you've got you know Division One, you know. 1A and 1AA, whatever it is, it's just straight up Division One. So you're competing against big schools that, you know, sometimes go outside of the country to recruit. I mean, I remember, you know, the University of Georgia, for example, they had one guy that was a hammer thrower that I competed against, and he was 20, I think 24 years old. And he was, I think, one of the top, uh, maybe the Maybe the third, or no, he wasn't the third, but he was probably um, not the third, definitely not the third, but he was in the top 10, I uh, think, of the Hungarian <laughs> hammer throwers. And if you know anything about the Hungarian hammer throwers back in the 90s, um, they were like lights out. They were some of the best hammer throwers in the world. Um, so, anyway, <laughs> that was what I would be competing against, but I would compete very well. I'd place in the top, you know, three usually for those types of meets. And so much so where that I would actually, I would actually place in the 20th, I placed in the top 20 of the NCAA Blaze. I was actually number 20th in the NCAA Blaze in my ranking. Um, and then wound up being the thir- uh, in the top 36 for my, uh, for the, basically for, really for the professional level or really where that anybody that was outside of, uh, track and field, or excuse me, outside of the college and really in the pros, um, they even ranked me in that and the, and the top 30, I was in number 36 that year. So I was on a quest at that time to qualify for the NCAAs and to qualify for the Olympic trials. So to make the long story short is I didn't qualify for the NCAAs, and I missed that because of really two centimeters. The gentleman, they, they only took 19 to the NCAAs Division I, um, you know, to compete that year, and the number 19, he, he threw two centimeters further than me. <laughs> so, so I didn't get to go to that. But there was the Olympic trials. And so my coach, uh, Coach Dave, uh, that time, fantastic coach, he, um, he had me cycle down and so that I would peak again um, for the last chance meet to qualify for the, um, for the Olympic trials. So there was like, so in order to qualify, not to get into details, but to qualify for the Olympic trials, you have to throw a certain standard or a certain distance in order to even be able to go to the Olympic trials. 
And quite honestly, guys, I hadn't thrown that uh, distance at all. I was still uh, three, uh, three meters off of throwing that distance. So, but we said, let's have a game plan. Let's get a, uh, let's get a plan together and let's do this. So that's what we did. Well, leading up to that track and field meet, that, lance, that last chance meet that I had of throwing the distance, I remember getting in, getting in there and preparing, doing everything I knew to do. And I remember throwing the distance, but I stepped out. And if you know anything about the track and field, if you step out of the circle, that's called a foul. And I stepped out of the circle um, and then stepped right back in. And obviously you're not gonna be able to count the throw. And that was my first opening throw because they were going to give me six throws to be able to throw compete. And they went ahead, um, they went, said, let's just go ahead and measure the distance. And to my amazement, to my amazement, I threw over 66 meters, that opening throw. And I was, I was jacked. But the problem was, is that physically, right out, I mean, my next two, three, four, five, six, I was, I was gassed. I mean, I, I, I let everything rip that opening throw and I, I never could recover. I, I, I just never could get back to throwing it, uh, that, that, that top throw right there. And I'll, I'll never forget this to this day. I remember walking on the side of the, of the spectrum on the out of bounds walking back to go get my hammer that was out in the field. And this was after my first throw. And I remember thinking this thought right here. I remember thinking, well, I guess God's punishing me for kind of screwing up a couple, uh, couple of days ago um, doing something I shouldn't have been doing. And, you know, I, I don't even totally remember it. I mean, it might have been you know, me looking at a girl the wrong way or maybe, you know, just doing something that I shouldn't have done that would be classified as sin or that I would classify as sin in my life, which of course I was, I knew I was already forgiven. And that was still my mindset for many, many years that if I did something wrong and then something immediately happened bad about that that I thought God was angry with me and God was punishing me for that, that screw up. And success as community, can I just tell you straight up, right off the cuff, that was the wrong mindset. It was the wrong, wrong way of looking at things. God's not mad at me. God's never gonna, God never is going to be mad at me. I mean... He took all of his wrath, all of his anger, out on the cross. And because of that, I am free from his anger forever. And from his judgment forever. Now, before you go jump to conclusions, all right, that doesn't mean I'm just willy-nilly can go sin and freely do whatever I want to and know that there's not any consequences to it, okay? 
but the consequences aren't coming from my Heavenly Father. <laughs> How about that? That was just, you know, honestly, it was the enemy deceiving me with some wrong mindset that I had. And let me go back to this whole entire thing because in Proverbs 19, uh, verse 12, it says, The king's wrath like a roaring lion, but his favor is like the dew of the grass. 1 Peter 5, 5, 8 clearly says that the devil, the enemy, is like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And gang, I'm telling you that the king's wrath is, is, like, is like the roaring of a lion. And basically, it's, it's just the enemy walking about, <clears throat> roaring with no, no authority, no anything, making you think that God's angry with you. That's what he was doing to me. Now, if the shoe fits with all this, great. If not, you can go ahead and skip. Uh, delete this podcast episode and go about doing whatever you need to do. But when we think about God, is God angry or displeased with me? I mean, is He really? You can be confident, guys. Let me say this. You can be confident that His love is always for me. His love is always for you. You don't have to you know, expect and, you know, be fearful of being punishment from him at all. You know, you don't have to be that because he, and I just want to read this real quick quick to you, what I I got right here in my notes says, because you do not wish to incur his wrath any further. The truth is that God is not angry with you, even when all when you have failed or blown it because all your sin has already been judged in the body of his son the lamb of god right here in my notes here the lamb of god was the burnt offering on the cross skip down to my notes right here and yeah and this right here so you know This is just a great analogy about that God's not angry with it. God's a good God. Satan's a bad, a bad Satan. <laughs> okay? He's not angry with you. And the reason why I bring all this up is that, you know, you, you've got to start to expect that, hey, God's for me and not against me. God's not putting cancer on me. God's not trying to punish me with sickness or anything like that. That is all coming from the enemy. And until you start having a shift in your mindset and seeing God, you'll never really get to experience, guys, the full love of your Heavenly Father. Case in point, you look at the prodigal son. When he came back, the father ran out to him He never one time acknowledged even his sin of squandering uh, the boy's inheritance and turning his back on his family. He never acknowledged that. The father completely embraced the son, put a robe around around him, 
put a ring on his finger, reestablishing him in the, in the family, and putting shoes on his feet. All those things have symbolism of re- reconciliation, restoring your sonship, and basically none of that was the father's doing. It was all the son that was inflicting all these things, and the son was even the one coming back into the, you know, to the relationship thinking, oh, I'm low as me, I'm, you know, I'm not worthy, I can just only be a servant now of my father's household, right? And I go back to, to me, Tyler, back when I was 21, 21 years old, with that kind of mindset. The guy was angry with me, and because I had done those things, I had screwed up, that the God was punishing me through my athletics and saying, oh, look at there, you screwed up, so I'm not going to let you succeed at all in your athletics. No, man. That's not what God was doing. I was just physically gassed. I, <laughs> I fouled out. I, I stepped outside the line. It wasn't God making me do any of that. But boy, how the enemy sure did want to use that to, to his advantage and bring some condemnation and guilt upon Tyler. It made me feel bad about what had happened. And even bring up something that, you know, probably I didn't, that I already, I'd already been forgiven for 2,000 years ago. And I already, it was under the blood. You know, you don't have a license to go out and sin, guys. Let me just make sure you understand that. You don't have a license because there is consequences to sin. All right? There's a reason why God says, don't go out and sin. There's a re- Okay, here's the thing. Think about it this way. There's a reason why that a manufacturer, someone that actually makes something, says, hey, look, you know, don't duck your iPhone in water. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, because it's going to screw it up. <laughs> okay? You know, there's, there's a reason why that manufacturers sit there and say, this, this is going to destroy, you know, if you let your phone sit out in, in the hot sun, it's going to overheat and you're going to have to have it to cool down, okay? There is a whole reason for that. The manufacturer is trying to protect and help you with that iPhone or whatever phone you want to call it, or whatever kind of you know, mechanical thing that you got. They're not trying to you know, keep you from you know, experiencing anything at all. You know, it's protecting you from you know, the issues that you're going to have if you go out there and screw something up. And the same thing is with us. God says, hey, look, you know, if you decide to go out and have sex with somebody else, all right, with another man's wife, there's going to be consequences to it. And it's not God punishing you. It's just the nature of, you know, the consequences. Or, you know, sitting there always overeating just because you're stressed out, there is a consequence to overeating. It's not God's fault you're doing that. He's told you clearly that, you know, hey, eat things in moderation, right? <laughs> and I, we, we just have to renew our minds, guys, to knowing that, you know what? 
God's not out to punish us. God's not out to judge us. God's not out to condemn us at all. So stop buying the lie that the enemy, you know, throws on you guys. Because, man, I, I've, I'm re- I've renewed my mind enough to know now that, you know what? It's not, it's not, it's not God. It's, it's, it's not, you know, if something, something's going on in my life, which I don't believe should be happening, you know, I need to examine myself, see where I might have missed something, and then get it fixed. And you know what God's all about? Helping you get it fixed, too. You know, you're his creation. You're his pride and joy. You know, I mean, I'm standing right here. I'm done with my walk, by the way. And you know what? Here's the thing. Like my car, if something happens to my Honda uh, Odyssey right here, then you know what? I want to take my car back to the manufacturer, Honda, and get it fixed. If I did something to it, if I got in an accident or whatever, I can always take it back. And the and here, here's the cool thing: the manufacturer is not going to sit there and you know get mad at me for for screwing the car up. He's just going to help me fix it. How about that? Isn't that good? So, SEC, I just want to help you with that. I mean, it's going to help you out with your success as a marketplace Christian. Okay, not to feel guilty. Because I know that sometimes that's been something that I, I dealt with many, many years, and I've renewed my mind to it. And I'm, you know, because Jesus, Jesus has done everything He needs to do to free you from that. So if you just accept the full benefits of what has happened on the cross and move on from that and get into the kingdom life, I mean, you're a kingdom citizen, okay? You're a kingdom citizen, and you have kingdom rights. And as a kingdom citizen, the king is out to look, for, look out for you. That's why it says the dew, his, his, his favor is like the dew of the grass. So it's going to fall on you. That, that favor is falling on you to help you increase, to help you be more than what you need to be, not to take anything away from you, okay, for screwing up. That's not God's M.O., it's not. It's never the king's job to condemn and to punish you. Okay? Don't, don't, let, don't let the enemy deceive you in that. Okay? So, SEC, I appreciate you guys so much. Um, hey, if you'd like to partner with me on the uh, Success Edge podcast, you know, and you've seen a benefit and this has blessed your life, I'd ask you to consider partnering with me. You can go to patreon.com backslash Tyler McCart. You can find our Patreon page right there. Um, and gang, you know what? I appreciate you guys. I know that you're blessed, highly favored, empowered to prosper, walk in divine health, spirit of breakthroughs on you guys, and gang, we'll catch you on the other side.